This episode of Speakers of Heidelin is made possible by our generous patrons. Special thanks to our supreme and master speakers, Omeji Cat Comet, Erisu Yamakawa, Circuit Barakil, Remy Asalia, Arcadia Lunashine, Alex Franco AV, Casey Schaefer, Azuta Starbreeze, Cletus Oreo, Nina Grimstarter, Nat Clay, Lily Black, AJ Brainswordson, Bob CC, Mikta Rappentau, Faris Gentoru, Sapa Chakwatol, Edwin, Umbral Wind, Quick Levin, Winebow Brood, Pamela Isley, Camille Grino, Face on Masher, Elenriel Maximus, Code Ridno, Mira Miri, Bay Barbele, Suno Chicano, Celesto Notral, Lazy Boy, A Bag of Dragonite, Luke Osborne, Pandalu Storm Arrow, Tex, and Yowie Wowie. Support the show and become a patron today at patreon.com slash speakersxiv. Thank you. This is Speakers of Good evening, Aorcians. Welcome to Speakers of Heidelin, episode 252. I'm Lukiel Bravestone, and I'm joined today by Georgi Wiston and Rollo Des. Hello, everyone. It is uh, June 26th, 2021, uh, and we have uh, some stuff to discuss today. Uh, A Yoshi P interview by PC Games N, uh, and, of course, patch 5.0. Five, seven, which was released last week, um, Tuesday. Uh, we will uh, look through the patch notes and discuss uh, what we got this patch. Because we that was kind of a, a big question mark last week for us because it was announced with no explanation as to what it uh, contained. It contained some good stuff. Uh, we'll also be reading Mogmail. Remember to send us Mogmail at speakersxiv.com slash Mogmail. And stay tuned for the post-show. Uh, if you're watching live, uh, we'll be answering questions from the syndicate as usual. Uh, channel updates, uh, 1.0 stream for patrons is on Tuesday. So make sure you catch that. Uh, we'll be focusing on Kurthus. Kurthus. All right, that is uh, it for the introductions. Uh, let's jump into recent events. Right, well, we should probably discuss the Final Fantasy XIV and Twitch collaborative campaign. We did it. We're famous. Well, hold on now. <laughs> um, I'll, I'm just going to read the post and then we can discuss it. Uh, this is posted on the uh, Lodestone. We are pleased to announce a new campaign in collaboration with Twitch where players will be able to get their hands on some cool rewards by making use of the gift subscription service on select channels. From today at 11 a.m. PDT until August 24th, support your favorite content creators and you can receive deluxe Heavensward Crackers and the Fat Black Chocobo Mount. Please note that the campaign will only begin on Thursday, June 24th at 11 p.m. Yeah, that was a thing. We'll get to that. Uh, any subscriptions? Uh, sorry, 11 a.m. Any subscriptions gifted before the above start time will not be counted towards the campaign. So here's how you participate. You log into your Twitch account. Um, you visit the Twitch channel. And while the channel is streaming, 
Final Fantasy XIV Online like the category, gift one or a cumulative of four subscriptions to earn rewards. Subscriptions gifted anonymously will not count towards the campaign. So make sure you do that with your, your Twitch account uh, name. Um, yeah. Um, Who's on this list? Well... Was a bit of a surprise um, to be, to, you know, we're not the kind of channel that I'd expect would appear on that list. Um, I don't know how, how, what we're, how we'll discuss this, because there's, you know, it ha it's a thing, it, it has, I will say, there's a lot of controversy around this. Some of it, I think, is bullshit. Other things I think is, I mean, some of it is bullshit, but other things I think is valid. There are some people that definitely should have been on there that aren't there, but yeah, it, um, it's a big list, but um, yeah, it's a big list. And I, I will give them credits for actually prioritizing non-English speakers as well. There's German, yeah. Spanish, Finnish. Uh, oh, the single fin. The sing Shout out to Hello. Susuvik. Terve. Uh, uh yeah um cool. yes so um that's um that's cool uh we are here um on the list i don't know what else there is to say we are it's the first time we've been like um i don't i don't want to say recognized it's more like it's the first time we're like considered something <laughs> Yeah, like publicly. You know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. We have been acknowledged. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've you have been it. perceived. They've all, yeah. They've seen all the pee-pee-poo-poo talk we do. Uh, so sad. I'm sorry to the intern that had to sit through our streams to figure out if you were eligible. Uh, I'm so sorry. Also, I just want to say that... So, on the day this happened... Uh, so, uh, okay. I... I, I I said, all right, we're in. I just made that decision. And I'm not someone who makes decisions that quickly. But I thought, fuck it. I am so negative usually when we like when there when there's stuff like this, because I always consider it like it's either spam or they're tr this like this isn't real. And then I'm like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like, have I been scammed? This is a scam. So I thought I'm not going to tell <laughs> the others yet. And I just kept putting it off because I thought, if I just keep putting it off, maybe it didn't happen. <laughs> and, then, and then Thursday rolls along. And I'm like, ah, it was real. Uh, so uh, there you go. We just found out. Yeah, you, you found out when it appeared on, yeah. on the lodestone. Technically, that's when, that's exactly when I... When we did. That's kind of when I found out as well. Because I had like sort of <laughs> resigned to the idea that this wasn't actually real. Um... So there you go. Uh, get your uh, uh, chocobo mounts, um, and yeah, I don't know if there's any point in talking about the other stuff. You you've already read through that. I think, like I said, some of it is warranted, others is not. Like for instance, there's a lot of small streamers in there. I I would not consider us a large channel, but we're on mm -hmm. there. Um, we're not even like we we are like the most in like we are so isolated from the greater 14 community like yeah, we are we are and we've always been in like this little bubble the speaker's bubble um so yeah there we go okay um so that's that 
uh, you can get the uh, the event lasts until August. So if you can't get it now, you can always. I mean, you have two months to yeah. to to get one. Doesn't have to be us. Nope. Could be anyone else yeah. on that list. Yeah. Do it with and if you do want. it in a month's time, people's uh, gifted subs will have run out. Yes. So they can accept new ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up. <clears throat> well, hasn't this taken a turn? The Evolution story. Um, mm. When we talked about, when we reviewed Zadnor and the Save mm. the Queen story... We found it strange that we had these uh, field notes that seemed to um, imply that the story had been finished off camera. But then yeah. we also found other parts that sort of seemed to imply that it would continue, that this was just setting up for another chapter, right? So that's what we, were, we, we leaned back into that. We were like, okay, whew, there's going to be a continuation anyways. No, it does. It's that's clearly not <laughs> the case. If we're to follow, uh, to believe what Matsuno has been saying on Twitter, um, mm -hmm. uh, there, there's, um, there's a Twitter thread where, um, well, uh, um, we, we discussed this before we went live on air. I think most of these people in this thread. <laughs> Are people from the speakers community? So hello. Um, I, we recognize those names. Yes. Thank, thank you for generating content for us. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for doing that. But sad also content too. It's sad content. It's sad thank content. Thank you. Yes. So uh, Valvadrix uh, asked Ma uh, Matsuno the Save the Queen story, or didn't ask, said the Save the Queen story was incredible and easily my favorite side story in Shadowbringers. I hope it continues in the future. And thank you for writing it. Matsuno then unexpectedly replies, Thank you for your feedback. Unfortunately, this side story is over. See oh. you in another game. <laughs> Which Mela found humorous because what was his last game? What was his last game? Let's let's I look. Know. You know what? Let's oh look God, it up yeah, right what now. was his last game? Exactly, uh, that's the point. <laughs> oh God, Matsuno. <laughs> um, is... Don't believe Matsuno's lies. <laughs> uh, unsung story. Sure. Which is? Oh, is that, the, is that the gotcha game? Yeah, it's the gotcha game. I think. Mm. Uh, that's sad. I'm not promising them. Um, uh, so uh, a follow up to that, Doctor Plato. Uh, wait, you're not continuing with writing Final Fantasy XIV Evilies-related stuff in the future? I figured you would be included with the future storytelling of XIV's Dalmasca. Matsuno... <laughs> I love how rough the uh, like the answer is. Like It's so like harsh. Unfortunately, yeah. that plan has disappeared. Thank you. Two exclamation points. Two exclamation points. <laughs> uh, oh my okay. god. Actually, this is sadder. I just realized. Uh, Unsung Story is that Kickstarter game that is a, a fucking nightmare. Uh, he, he was, he was going to be on it. It was like a tactics kind of game. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And it, he was going to be on it. He's like, oh, it's, he's, but tactics RPGs are back. And it just fell apart. Uh, I think oh, it's changed no. developers. Uh, and it's just. They weren't back. Yeah. It was. 
Terra Battle was his last release game, which that's the gotcha game. Mm, <laughs> in yeah. 2014, and mm, it was not a good one. Mm. Well, uh, Asian Super Pack, also known as Grahatia Simp, um, replies, This sucks to hear. Honestly, playing through the Evil East related stuff in 14 made me go back and replay Final Fantasy Tactics and give 12 another shot. I'm glad I did because 12 is easily my top Final Fantasy games now. I absolutely love the world. I wish we could have seen more in 14. Yatsuno replies, I don't know the impression well outside Japan. There were pros and cons in Japan. Some people said it was good, but others said it was the worst. In any case, this story was comp completed because the Bosia, because Bosia was liberated. Thank you. No, the Bosia. Thank you very much. So, okay, the Bosia was liberated. Who who bullied Matsuno? Who did this? <laughs> Why have you been mean to Matsuno? I they called him Woolhead. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did it out of love, though. Yeah. All right. For the most part, we liked. Uh, um. We like the story. story. Yeah, it's it's better than Eureka's. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's kind of a low bar, but we, um, we definitely thought there were some baffling decisions in regards to how <laughs> certain characters were translated into fourteen. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the story itself was very competently told. Yeah, until we got the end told to us in field notes. Uh, <laughs> Which is so jarring and so I don't understand. It's like it's like Matsuno had this like great plan for the story, and then they realized we don't have time to like tell this fucking story, Matsuno. And it's like, well, I want to areas. tell it. Yeah, <laughs> this is the literally the last content of the story. We need to wrap up. It's like, uh, 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 field notes. Um, so that's really sad. Yeah. And like the Ivily stuff was good too. Like the 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 quest line, the sorry, the raid series. Mm -hmm. Like Return of the Ivelis was really good. I super liked the story. I mean, it was very tactics heavy mm -hmm. kind of. If so, if you're not a tactics, you might not get a lot from it. But um, it's still really good. Yeah, could it be like yeah, like chat says like could it possibly be because Endwalker is supposed to like wrap up all storylines, so they just don't want this to like be a continuing thread into Endwalker. Uh, it's weird though because I thought Endwalker was going to focus more on areas like these like going forward like post Endwalker um, but he says see you in another game which makes me feel like he's just done <laughs> that sounds so sad with 14 <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I have I have two theories on this alright okay. so theory one and I don't know if this is true I've not looked it up this is just a guess, a hunch, uh -huh. a vibe check, even. Uh -huh. um, uh, I I think that maybe Ivelisse games just aren't particularly popular in Japan. Uh, I don't know the numbers on how well 12 or Tactics did in Japan. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're more popular in the West. That's just a guess. Right. So yeah. maybe that's why it wasn't received as well or something. Possible. Um, but my second guess is that he will come back. They will continue the storyline after Ed Walker. As in Ed Walker's like whatever they're gonna focus on something else. You know, like we, we can't we can't do Bosio right now. It just doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. Next expansion. Yeah, maybe maybe he's like hiding behind like that the expansion is another game. Maybe that's what mm -hmm. he means. I don't know. It's Matsuno, so who knows? 
Um, the, the plan has disappeared is not encouraging. No, it is not. Um, I'll hold out hope. I'll hold out. I mean, yeah, there could be some hope in here. Let's, yeah. I I think it's sad that the, if it's not, if we're not getting anything else, that's a really sad way to end that storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, so that's uh, that's the Matsuno drama. Um, next, uh, IGN. <laughs> Uh, had a, a top 10 MMO list uh, for 2021. And the only reason we're bringing it up is because 14 is number one on that list and World of Warcraft is number two. But it's also worth noting that almost all of those games are old as fudge. Like, all, there are the youngest game on that list is Elder Scrolls Online. There are games there that are like 10 years plus old. Uh, and it was such a nice, it was such a fat, like perfect, like representation of the MMO market right now. The state of like the, the MMO market. Um, An old man's game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it really is. Mm. Um, Wasn't DC Universe Online in there? It was. <laughs> And you asked, See, thought, you were like, and I told it to Gear Gear. He's like, wait, didn't, didn't they shut those servers off? Isn't that game exactly. dead? Um, yeah, 11 was on there. 11! Oh. The game's like fucking almost uh, 20 years old. Um, yeah. And so is WoW. WoW is older. Yeah, so is WoW. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, Fourteen. One yeah. of them, that Ultima game. That, what was that game Ult- that we looked at that website for? Oh yeah, that was. Oh Ultima. no, the, no, that's that's coming up later. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later, actually. Oh yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, Riot's MMO will be the new hit kid mm. on the street that's actually successful. So good luck to that. There are a few MMOs <laughs> in the works right now. So hey, yeah. there, this good might luck. change. Good luck. Good luck. It's, it's a. <laughs> a tough market. <laughs> it sure is. Um, okay, so we're gonna look at some patch notes right now for five point five seven. I mean, it's not, it's not ex- very exciting. Extensive. No, mm-hmm. but there's some stuff in here that's worth uh, looking at. Um, so, uh, patch five point five seven came out on um, Tuesday. This Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, here we are. Oh, let me do the old man thing again, so that everyone Ooh. can see. Um, right, so they made the expected changes to Eden's Promise uh, Savage. Two tre- treasure coffers will now always appear. Furthermore, the weekly restriction on rewards obtained from coffers have been removed. Uh, they've removed the weekly entrance restriction. Um, they you may, may now pre- you can just jump around wherever in Eden's Promise yeah. Savage, and the echo is implemented. So it's the usual stuff. Ten so, percent uh, um, added. Uh, Alliance Raid has uh, got the Tower at Paradigm's Breach added to it, as expected. Now, um, here's some stuff with the Bosnian Southern Front. Field notes on Dionbu, Dionbu? Dionbu has been added to the possible rewards for completion of the skirmishes brought to a heal, sorry, brought to heal and no camping allowed. Treasure chests that appear after freeing hostages during the critical engagement, the Battle of Castrum Lacus Litore will now yield more forgotten fragments. And the amount of metal earned for completion of the critical engagement, the Battle of Castrum Lacus Litore has been increased. So there you go. Okay. 
So can we talk briefly about that field note uh, update? Mm. A lot of people have been under the impression that these two skirmishes already dropped the Junbu field note. And a lot of people were farming them thinking that they might get them. I think there was a degree of like hearsay mm -hmm. that spread the information that you could do those skirmishes and get this field note. Oh. So a lot of people were quite frustrated about this. Mm. It, not to the same level, but it was similar to the people that were desynthesizing primal weapons and not getting what right. they wanted. <laughs> oh, God. And hey, yeah. hearsay has become real. So if you believe hard enough, <laughs> it'll just happen. <laughs> True. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Uh, the number of Bosnian clusters required in exchange for the following items from the Resistance Quartermaster has been reduced from three to one. So that's Fragment of Clarity. Fragment of Contention, Finesse, Fortitude, and Divinity. So only one cluster now for those. The buffs are coming. This, mm -hmm. this one. The number of time-worn artifacts received upon completing Delubrum Regine has been increased from one to three. Time-worn artifacts can only be received when undertaking the quest A New Path of Resistance. This is the most miserable. Thank you. Uh, uh, it's between this and the 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 Mark slash Ivalice phase of the relic yeah. for the most miserable step of the relic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this uh, that means you only need to do five runs of Delubrum Regine, and we love that. We love to mm -hmm. see it. Um, so, uh, the field record entry of Fran has been adjusted. I don't know what exactly they've... What'd they do? Well, like, okay. Oh, actually, this will, this will come back later. Okay. okay. We will, we will, this will be in, uh, ish, known issues. Oh, okay. Oh, I love known issues. Uh, the weekly limitation of elegant tombstones of Revelation have been increased from 450 to 900. Uh, maximum store of 2000 tombstones has not yet, has not been changed. So, usual stuff. This one is interesting. So in system, the visit another world server option has been added to the subcommand menu on the character selection screen, allowing players to log in on another world. Please consider this option when having difficulty logging into your home world or when it's overly congested. The following restrictions apply when using this option. A destination world cannot be selected when using this option. A world with available space will be chosen automatically. Oh. Play players will log in near the etherite of their starting city, and this feature is not available under certain conditions, such as after logging out while undertaking certain duties. So, I guess it's a way of getting people onto the game, even if it's like they're having high congestion. But I love the mm. idea of like just ending up on a random ass server. Like, pick a pick. Uh, yeah. Gonna be... uh, you don't get the pick. You don't. And I have seen some spaghetti behind this in mm. the sense that I've seen people on low <clears throat> people test this who are already on low population uh low density servers. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which one it was, but it was someone that was on the equivalent of like goblin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> they got thrown into a like it would it would be like you are on goblin and you get thrown into a queue for Balmung. Mm. <laughs> yeah i see i see love that um they want to hmm. get you off the low pop server so everyone else can get under your server yeah 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 mm -hmm. uh okay so, interesting 
maybe this will be refined with time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a nice feature, I guess. They just need to, yeah, fix it a little. It'll be very nice for the launch of Endwalker. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Quest completion can now be confirmed via the character profile page on the Lodestone. The character profile page will now list completed quests, including their date of completion. That's nice. So you can, like, keep track off game out of the game. Um... The quest history for all characters, including date of completion, will be saved to the Lodestone beginning with the release of patch 5.5. Does that mean that any previous quests will not have yeah, that information? Yeah, I would assume so, because it probably doesn't have that information stored anywhere. Hmm. So, but uh, yeah. that's interesting, because XIVDB, 14DB actually stored that information. Hmm, true. That's back when it existed. Well, it still exists, but back when it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, there you go. That's cool. Uh, also, uh, the quest cannot be seen by other users. That makes sense. Uh, here's some resolved issues. Uh, is this where we get Fran, or is that under known? No, that's in known issues. So they haven't actually fixed we'll it. Um, okay. Uh, anything worth mentioning here? Uh, oh, wow, no, this one's really. quite interesting an issue wherein music and sound effects did not play when entering or undertaking certain duties on the playstation 5 wonder if that has something to do with the loading stuff possibly all right known issues <laughs> mm. <laughs> an issue wherein text in the field record entry of fran area has not been adjusted <laughs> The issue is that we, that we didn't fix it. That was the issue. <laughs> that is so good. What, what the fuck? is it? <laughs> I have to look it up now. <laughs> They're, like... They're like top of the notes. We have a Fran Ariad's uh, uh, field notes has been adjusted. Known issues. <laughs> An issue where <laughs> Fran Ariad's field record entry has not been adjusted, by the way. Oh. So I suspect what this means is, is that likely in the code, they may have written the correct, like, information, but it didn't get pushed to the game. Right. That's, like, this is the only way I can resolve how this is both an update and a known issue. That's, that's so funny. I love this part of the patch notes. I've said this before, but I love when there's shit like this in here. They're like, mm, didn't fix it. Uh, all right. Uh, there you go. That is patch 5.57. Have you made any progress on your relics after this? Yes, mm -hmm. I am very close to finishing the 30-30 stage of the relic. Yeah. I have done all of the skirmish. I've got all the skirmish materials. Mm -hmm. I just need the ones from the critical engagements, which are more like right. I can't force that. Mm-hmm. Have you done anything all over the you. relic? No. <laughs> Just don't care. No, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't I, care. This one is fun, Rollo. I'll probably do some of it because it does seem like, oh, I can do this and not feel like blowing my brains out. You yeah, know? You now that um, you can do Delubrum just five times, that helps a lot. Yeah. Because you had to do it 15, Rollo. 15! Mm -hmm. That's I, madness. I would, I'd still prefer that over to some of the older relic grinds. Like looking at them, even buff, I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, well, when they fixed the, when they lowered the, 
when the sorry they increased the drops in Delubrum, I cared a little more. So I, I finished I mean, that immediately. That step definitely because before that happened, you said I I don't care anymore. Yeah, I didn't so care. So your I'm like, degree of care has definitely increased. Degree of care has gone up because I was like, there's no way I'm not doing this 15 times. It's just not happening. Um, and I, I thank God it didn't. Uh, so five runs. That's that's all you need. Um, right, that's uh, that's it for recent uh, events. Um, interesting pa patch. Interesting patch. That's not how they, I would describe five point five seven. <laughs> Go on. Yes, Rollo. It's an OTC visit, but um, no, no, that's next. Five point five eight. That's five point five eight, Rollo. Yeah. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so. One thing that I they didn't do that I thought they would, I assume it will come in 5.58, is allow you to buy the upgrade material for the tome weapon. With oh, points. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably true. Um, okay, that's it for recent events. Let's jump into this interview by um, PC Games, Games N. N. Um, headline, Yoshi P. Without World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XIV's recovery wouldn't have been possible. That's how you get us. That's how you... I am looking, Yoshi P. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Like many of today's MMORPG monoliths, Final Fantasy XIV is barely recognizable compared to how it looked and played at launch. However, even by MMORPG... launch? Mm, I would assume they're talking about 1.0. We had two rows of system buttons. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God. Remember the Realm Reborn menu buttons? Like, there was literally <laughs> round buttons for every single thing. There was yeah. like, I think there were like, yeah. there were maybe two rows, but they were long I, rows. There was a button to sheath and unsheath your weapon. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. For what reason? <laughs> it was very much a 1.0 remnant. Yes, yes. Um, they were nice buttons, but yeah. Uh, however, even by MMO standards, few games have undergone a transformation as drastic and important as Final Fantasy XIV. Final Fantasy XIV 1.0 was a critical disaster, prompting an official apology from developer Square Enix and standing in infamy as the rockiest launch in the series' history. After replacing the development team, rip Tanaka, Square Enix relaunched the game as Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn, to commercial and critical six, uh, sorry, acclaim. Sorry. What? Sorry, replacing the development team makes me feel like they cleaned out the entire group. And then <laughs> yeah. They <were laughs> but an entirely new organization. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but we know that's not true. That's not we know true. at least two people that were from 1.0 that are still on the game. Yeah. I um, don't remember his name, but um, the old director, no, he was either the producer or director. Um, I think it was the producer. I think. I think. Yeah. Tanaka was the director. He's like. I was, but I. I will say. Yeah. I was thinking of Koji and. Um, oh, Sokin. Koji and Sokin is also there, of course. Mm. Yeah. Um. This. I just think it's funny that like they only punished the producer or direct director. I don't remember what the Tanaka director. was. Yeah. The director got like fucked up, but the other one was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're fine. You'll you'll be lead uh, in cool. this department. Yeah. Um, all right, so this success has primarily been attributed to one man, director and producer Naoki Yoshida, or Yoshi Peter's fans. But what does it take to craft one of the best MMOs of the moment? With Realm Reborn now in its eighth... Oh, don't say that. Eighth year. 
and its eagerly anticipated fourth expansion, Endwalker, coming out in November, we spoke to Naoki Yoshida about the history of the MMORPG genre, changing player attitudes, and his storied relationship with competitors like World of Warcraft. Eight years. Mm -hmm. That means 1.0 is 11 years this year. Ugh, goodness me. All right. Uh, the past year has seen a number uh, player numbers boosted as a result of people staying at home during the global pandemic. How do you plan to keep this inf this new generation of fans hooked? Yoshida says... Pandemic generation. <laughs> That's what we're called now. Yeah. Uh, yes, a huge number of new players started their adventures in Final Fantasy XIV, and we've continued to reach new peaks in terms of our active players. However... In the operations team, we've decided to refrain from any proactive PR campaigns during the pandemic and have intentionally been waiting for the situation to ease. I didn't want our players and supporters to feel as though we're taking advantage of the situation as a business opportunity while the world faces the dangers of the danger of the pandemic. We cancelled several campaigns and held back on PR activity and placed full priority on our patch releases. Oh yeah, remember this. This was like a... He talked about that very early on. That they were not going to do like big pushes during. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Though I will say they did make those commercials, the uh, critically acclaimed MMORPG of Final Fantasy XIV, that it's free up until Heavensward. That campaign happened. Uh, and mm -hmm. that's like pr one of their most successful ones. That meme is I like think, everywhere. I think he was leaning more towards like in game promotions where it's like oh, okay. double XP event, which oh. I don't where it's like, mm, you're stuck at home. Right. Okay. It's, I understand because it does seem kind of like... They don't want to pressure <laughs> people to play. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Despite that, many of our players came together in-game to enjoy Final Fantasy XIV exactly because of its stay-at-home nature. I felt that it brought the relationships we've built with our players over the past 10 years into the spotlight. I want to create opportunities for our newcomers to join in too, and show them not just how fun the game is, but to share the joy of Final Fantasy XIV. He said 10 years. Uh, I felt that brought the relationship we built with our players over the past 10 years. Well, he's including 1.0, clearly. Yeah, Remember I know. I'm just, I feel like he, he doesn't acknowledge it very often. He doesn't. Oh, he do he's, been, he's been more open about it in the past few years. I remember a point mm -hmm. where he just pretended like it didn't exist. Um, okay, uh, MMORPGs today look very different to classics like Age of Ultima and EverQuest. Looking at Final Fantasy XIV as well as your competitors, how has the MMO genre had to adapt and innovate to capture changing player interests and attitudes? Yoshida says, I think the only MMORPG that could be considered equal to Ultima Online would probably be Lineage and EVE Online. But in my personal opinion, there hasn't been a role-playing experience that surpassed that of the original... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ultima Online. Now, okay. Ultima Online came out in 1997. Um, oh, that's a boomer game. Yes. And it was very funny because we were, we were looking at, when we were prepping yesterday, uh, we were it was like, Ultima Online? What even, what? Because I, I think I've even talked about it in Fallen Rise. I think Ultima Online was like brought up as like in Fallen Rise as like one of the like competitors to Eleven back in the day. Um, yeah. But I never actually looked at the game. I have, oh. I have, I, I have never, <laughs> I don't know what Ultima Online actually looks like mm. until yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, biggest competitor to Eleven. <clears throat> um, 
There hasn't been a role-playing experience that surpassed that of the original Ultima Online. I just want everyone mm. right now who don't know what Ultima Online looks like to just Google Ultima Online and look at one of the pictures. There is a picture, and I will just say this. This, is, this was funny. One of the first pictures I opened was a guy riding a horse in a field. It's an isometric game. Uh, very, like, Diablo-esque looking almost. Very old. Um, and there is a llama just walking along with the name... Michelle Olama. <laughs> this is what you guys were linking in the yeah. chat. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And there was like a follow-up to that picture was that Llama has now moved places and then it just says, like, I have to poop. And I'm like, okay. There hasn't been a role-playing experience that surpassed that of the original no. uh, Ultima Online. <laughs> Where were you when Michelle Olama pooped on Ultima Online? <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyways, uh, these works have a special place within the MMORPG genre, and there's still demand for them even now. But that demand is by no means um, um, great enough to support a large-scale MMORPG project because they need a lot of roleplay skills to play effectively. Uh, if we could prepare a profitable business model, I'd love to take on the challenge of developing such a game. That does sound intriguing, but that also sounds... Incredibly challenging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, that's let me just... That's a genre that's... Yeah. Let, that let... genre of MMO is something. <laughs> yeah, it is. Let me also just say it to the players of Ultima Online. I... That's fine. It's... You play... I know how it is to play an MMO for a very long time. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. So, Chad is bringing this up. Is Ultima Online the game that Lord British comes from? Lord British? Is that mm. from Ultima Online? Well, we'll see. That's what... Yes, he is. it is. Okay, he is. Ah, oh, okay. I don't think you would like this game, Ronna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. All Can't right. around those Brits. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, I mean, the game is old, but it's still, I mean, Yoshi P is giving it very high praise here. So even though mm -hmm. I was put off by Michelle Olama, I... It is, it's not from our time. It's not from our time. Oh, I'm, I'm Simple sorry that I was like six when it came out. Yeah, and yeah. I could not <laughs> comprehend it. <laughs> uh, EverQuest is another masterpiece, uh, of the first generation of MMORPGs. It's an incredible game that combined a subscription-based business model with a time-to-win game design. But it was World of Warcraft that faced EverQuest head-on and provided a new way to play. It wasn't based on time-to-win, but WoW incorporated an item-level system while keeping player skill at its core. Players who invested lots of their time would, could coexist with players who didn't, encouraging a free style of play. As for the evolving genre, so that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I don't know much about EverQuest either. These old games, I only know mostly mm. by name and, like, Aren't... pictures that I've seen, but, yeah. Are they still releasing expansions for EverQuest, or is that EverQuest 2? Because I know one of two. them is still being supported, but I don't remember which one. I, think it's, I know there was I think like it's, an EverQuest it's two. Yeah, it's two because I'm yeah. pretty sure there was an expansion for EverQuest two like in the last two years. Yeah, EverQuest yeah, two is like, still active. I had like EverQuest next or next something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. <clears throat> um, as for the evolving genre, I believe it's easy for MMORPGs to accept and reflect changes in gamer lifestyles. If you look back about 20 years, where our uh, lives as busy as they are today, there was the internet, but correspondence was limited to email. Real-time communication was limited to PC messenger clients. Nowadays, you and I have smartphones in the palm, uh, palms of our hands. We have access to entertainment whenever we have a free moment. It goes without saying that there's a dramatic drop in the amount of time players have available after eating, sleeping, working, and spending time with their family and friends. Yeah. Uh, the game design of uh, uh, Ultima Online and EverQuest are still shining jewels even today, and I've no doubt there is demand for these titles. It's just that it's now more difficult to make those games succeed as a major business undertaking. As a result, game design needs to change and innovate to ensure it matches more closely with MMORPG gamers. For Final Fantasy XIV, we'd like to remain receptive to changes in the lifestyles of our players, and we'll continue to adjust the design little by little accordingly. This is like a point that is brought up a lot with when people talk about fourteen compared to WoW. Um, it's that fourteen seems to like respect your time a bit more, mm. um, yeah. which, you know, older games don't. <laughs> if you, 11 no. does not give a fuck about your time. <laughs> you will spend 36 hours hunting, uh, camping that hunt, and you will like it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's symptomatic of many older games, not just MMORPGs. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, autosaves are a thing now. Yeah, yeah. In the old good. days, on... On the NES and the SNES, you could die and you would go straight back to the start of the game. <laughs> Good lord. Bring that back. No. Like in RPGs, you die in SMT5, like you just, the game just shuts off, start again. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. No, thank you. Shut up, Rollo. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy XIV, oh no, is eight years old and many of your competitors are even older. What gives a good <laughs> MMO? <laughs> what gives a good MMORPG such staying power? Battle content, systems, story, and the game's universe must be both engrossing and expertly crafted. But I think the secret to maintaining a game's success is the support of a brilliant community. Developers should provide the player with a sense that they are really living in that world, and that they belong there, helping them feel at home when they log into the game. Of course, this is based on the assumption that the core development team is playing their game privately, like the general player base. If they didn't, they wouldn't be able to understand player feedback, and at some point or the other, they'd end up as enemies from the community's perspective. Um, mm. I'm not going to point any fingers that... There might be a big competitor to 14 where, you know, that last line might hit a little hard. Mm. <laughs> that might hey. be a bit too real for some. Yeah. What? You know what MMO had all that battle content, systems, and story? Mm. Matrix Online. That was. I've heard that. It yeah. was a really cool MMO. I it, never got to play it. Yeah. My friends always talked about it, but I was a little baby, so <laughs> I couldn't play it. But <laughs> like, they had the developers would play like main characters, and you could like talk to them, and they tell you stuff about the story. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's you know, put that in fourteen. I want to. I want to walk up to a GM that's playing Xenos and have it. <laughs> what up, Xenos? And be like. Mm. Hello. I don't think they're going to give that power over to a GM. 
What a what a world, Rollo. What a game that would have been. Well, okay, in a serious note, wouldn't that be kind of cool in fourteen? Like, I mean, it's maybe a cool not idea. like casinos, not but... just like random like NPCs would be fun to like. Yeah, yeah, like to. that's yeah. Um, what was that one Champion of Heroes guy with that eye patch? Oh, Company um, of Heroes. The what is his name? Yeah, I know who you mean. The cheater. Yeah, man. I don't know. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say, I would probably he... want it to be less important characters because i feel like that's a lot of power to give to like yeah. a gm yeah. um so yeah i mean yeah uh, that being said we already have pretty good like our gms are very visible and mm -hmm. active for a game our size i'll say that much but yeah uh, it's an interesting idea though um Okay, I just wonder because 14's lore is so big and difficult to like stay on top of. Can you imagine like a, G a GM having to have like the lore book open and be like, "Oh God, can I say this?" It'd be it'd be a probably, horrible. You probably have like a character sheet up. Like, yeah, this is some basic stuff, and then just build off. Of yeah, that. yeah, that's true. Okay, you've mentioned before that when redesigning Final Fantasy XIV, you looked to World of Warcraft as an example of a successful MMO. What aspects of the World of Warcraft model did you end up bringing to Final Fantasy XIV? If there was no World of Warcraft, which is a game we look to as, as a great mentor of sorts and respect deeply, Final Fantasy XIV's strong recovery wouldn't have been possible. The original Final Fantasy XIV was a failure of unprecedented <laughs> proportions. <laughs> <laughs> wow i mean it's true but wow that's yeah. woof. Uh, and i was entrusted with the duty of salvaging it when taking the lead to relaunch a failed project i didn't think you can afford to have uh, the type of game you'd like to create in mind as your motivation but i was playing world of warcraft and used that as a form of study i deployed what i'd learned through the various teams and together we used that in development we really didn't have the luxury of bringing our own likes and dislikes. The main thing um, was that I wanted the game to be a more story-driven MMORPG. There was a strong influence from Final Fantasy XI behind this, but with this being a Final Fantasy game, a strong story was naturally a must. That decision wasn't due to my personal taste, but because of the title standing in the Final Fantasy series. Yeah, this is something we brought up before. <clears throat> 14... <clears throat> It's like one of the few MMOs out there that r really puts emphasis on the story because it's a Final mm -hmm. Fantasy game. It's kind of important. Um, yeah. So I think for those, I mean, if you play any other MMORPG, I think you'll be quite shocked to see how little story matters in most of those. I mean, it's yeah. there, but it's not um, really something you'd need to worry about. Yeah, if 14 is your only MMO, you will be shocked by that. Yeah, yeah. Con uh, conversely, if you come from other MMOs, a lot of people are thrown off by the focus on story in yeah. Final Fantasy 14. That's true. That's true. It's because it's not the norm, you know? It's in a lot of in a lot of MMOs when you accept a quest, the whole quest text is in the quest box when you accept the quest. While in 14, that's just a, like two lines of like, blah, um, blah, wants you to pick up three g geese, uh, and then that's that, and then you click it, and then the, the person tells you the quest. Like, you get the story told mm -hmm. to you, and it continues as you do the quest. 
Um, that's not normal in mo in most MMOs today. So no, um, probably closest thing is Swotor. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, how much um, do you still look to your competitors for inspiration? Do you try to learn from other games inside and outside the MMO space, or do you try to forge your own path? Uh, I'm always keeping an eye on uh, world. I'm sorry. I'm always keeping an eye. I shouldn't read chat while I'm <laughs> reading the notes. Uh, I'm always yes. keeping an eye uh, on World of Warcraft, Diablo, and Overwatch. But that's because I'm a Blizzard fanboy. Everyone over <laughs> at Blizzard has been really kind to us, and they've invited me to visit their studio on three or so occasions now. wonder if they will do that now. Now that we're like breathing down their necks. They're like, mm, mm. Mm. When I went in 2018, the main team joined me in a discussion about the development and operations process. They're all so considerate, and I respect them deeply. There was much I learned from them, and I made sure to be completely frank when answering whatever questions they had for me. Um, it really was a joy to learn that there are so many Warriors of Light in the World of Warcraft team. As you can imagine, I'm not solely focused on World of Warcraft. I also check the basic systems of MMORPGs launching around the world. I even have staff in charge of compiling information about them and reporting that to me. However, Final Fantasy XIV has always carved its own path. We sometimes worry uh, about what direction to take in a few years' time. We have plans, but it goes without saying that the details of what we're considering are all top secret. <sighs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's healthy. Collab. It's happening. I think I think it's uh, healthy to like constantly like look at the other like the competitors and mm. figure out like what makes them tick because that was the opposite of what they did with 1.0 as we know because um, Tanaka uh, kind of <laughs> he thought he knew what would work. He had done 11 like 11 was his baby that had worked once before. Let's just do that again in HD, baby. Yeah, 11.2. 11.2, mm -hmm. which is unironically what they wanted it to be, um, didn't work because they didn't innovate on anything other than leaves, other than guild leaves, I guess. But guild leaves was just a system slapped onto a system that didn't work. So, you know, mm. it is what it is. Uh, or it was what it was. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's um, World of Warcraft stuff. Um, Final Fantasy XIV has a huge cross-market appeal. Do different audiences across the world... Sorry, also, do you think um, the 14 devs have invited Blizzard over? Do we know if that's happened? I wouldn't be surprised. Do you think they just declined? I be like, <laughs> <laughs> No, they have I mean, Who would turn down a trip to Japan? Yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. And they, make that, they made like that chocobo cake, I think, or something for Yoshi P. Something like that. It was, mm. it was some kind of cake, I think. Okay. But they have a really good relationship with each other. People, yeah. people like to throw around rumors like, mm, uh, "Wow, devs!" <clears throat> oh shit, I'm dying. <laughs> Rose dying on stream. Rose dying on stream. This is our moment. Whoa. Watch Mojo's Ugh. top ten most dramatic moments <laughs> caught on stream. <laughs> Started choking on my own spit there. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Um. Anyway, people um like to kind of say that like more like oh. For, uh, wow devs aren't even allowed to play 14 they're they're such competitors like no they're oh, like working in industry together it's more of a camaraderie mm. kind of thing yeah i would think yeah yeah, yeah, yeah they they definitely like i don't know they, like they, they were in the same field come on 
Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of when I was younger and thought that like people, like the teenagers that worked at McDonald's and the teenagers that worked at Burger King saw each other as like mortal enemies. <laughs> and like, it's that kind of like mentality that some people would still yeah. have about like developers yeah. at uh, MMO studios, yeah. but they don't care. No, they no, don't. no. They don't have that degree of fierce loyalty. No, no. I'm a Burger King boy. <laughs> Eat this Whopper. Forget that big man. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV has huge cross-market appeal. Do different audiences across the world have different uh, expectations from the games they play? Or do they expect different games from developers based in the East or West? It goes without saying that there will be a certain degree of varying cultural preferences due to the different environments in which gamers uh, are brought up. Despite that, through Final Fantasy XIV, I've had the opportunity to directly communicate with players across the globe, and I feel that there is essentially no difference in expectations. Everyone loves games, loves being part of a community, and wants amazing gameplay experiences. Being able to create entertaining titles that bring smiles to the faces of all gamers, including myself, as we play them together, is what drives me. There you go. That's... Uh, Pretty good answer. Yeah, it is. Uh, he he says that, but then he he blames us for 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 Reaper. Play. You're <laughs> <laughs> saying just blame now. Yeah. <laughs> um, why do you think that Western and Eastern MMOs vary so dramatically in their approach and style? There is no doubt about the difference in taste between the West, even between Europe and America. Here we go. Uh, and in Asia, when it comes to graphics and characters. On the other hand, if you were to ask me whether there uh, is such a significant difference in the game design process, my personal viewpoint would be that it isn't so remarkable. Ah, oh, there we go. I'm Japanese. But Final Fantasy XIV has been well received by players across the globe, and we don't develop it based on the tastes of any region in particular. Community retention schemes differ greatly between Japan, China, and South Korea, so it's not even possible to treat East Asia as a single group. I think the right approach is to simply create a game that everyone can enjoy. Oh my god. Thank Korean you. games and their retention stuff are so insidious. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's... I don't like generalizing, like, entire countries' games, but Korean MMOs just don't... Yeah, I think Korean... Fit. <laughs> oh. It's very it's very hot in here, chat. My my adhesives are melting. Yeah, go on. This this like the the Korean MMO style just really does not work in uh, um for most other people outside of Korea. I don't know if that's a mm. good or a bad thing. I'm not gonna say it's better or worse. Uh, but every it's time I play different. like a Korean, yeah, I'll play a Korean game and I'm like, I can't do this. Right? Why do they? They all have this Every like a aesthetic too. It's yeah. Yeah. So white. <laughs> Every Korean game that I've played, every Korean MMO that I've played, I play the day I play it and I never touch it yep. again. <laughs> no. Uh, uh Yeah, it's interesting to see uh all of this. Uh this was an interview where Yoshi I mean we have there's some some Yoshi P answers in here, but I feel like he pretty good. was pretty yeah, he's pretty open in this one. <laughs> um, interesting to once again have that confirmed that he he um, he's a big Blizzard fanboy. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Uh, also, he got some time to shit on 1.0, so that's good. <laughs> that's good that he got that mm-hmm. in Any interview? Well. Uh, you can do it in interview. Come on, go right, right. ahead. Mm. Deserves it. Yeah, yeah. I really... <sighs> we really mm. need an interview with Tanaka. I really... Why has no one done it? Like, why I is there only... not a post-1.0 interview with Tanaka? A post-mortem with Tanaka? Yeah, you... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Rolo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, it'd be interesting. I'd, I'd be curious to see how he felt about the current state of the game. Mm. Aside from it just being popular, like I want to see how he f- like, feel about the actual game. Yeah. Uh, maybe he plays it secretly. Something. Mm-hmm. So, I feel as if that is not true. I feel as if he has not been keeping up with 14 at all. I don't think he... Yeah. Oh, God, that's so strange, though. He's, he did what to you, Stola? <laughs> whether we like it or not, he's like the father of 14. Like, Fyoshi P is, you mm-hmm. know... I mean, he made it what, it what it is. But it was birthed by Tanaka. Whether we like it or not, mm-hmm. it is him. So, I don't know. He he obviously doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe there's an NDA. Who knows? This yeah. might be some stuff preventing be, him from talking about it. It'd be kind of a depressing interview anyway, in general, I think. I mean, yes. But I, because he's not talked in any interviews, there's so much about 1.0's development that we just don't know. Like, we know stuff that's been told by Koji Fox and from, like, those people. But they were not the, the director. Like, there's stuff he hmm. knows that we... Yeah, don't know, right? So he would have have had a direct line to the president of Square Enix. Yes, in all likelihood. Yeah, he would have been yelled at many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, God, yes. <laughs> just sitting at his desk trying to work on the game, just getting a call from the president. Make it good. Yes. <laughs> God, the president had to leave because what, of that. He stepped yeah, down. Yeah, it's like, what have you done to yeah. the Final Fantasy brand? <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine the pressure on this poor man? He's just getting out of the computer for like t- twenty emails. Yeah, You're like, please respond. Hmm? See my re- <laughs> my uh, recent email. Oh. God, he went from like being like the top guy in like that division, and now he, then then he just fucking fell like a rock. Not even, mm-hmm. I don't think he's in. I think we've already done research on this. I don't I'm think he's sure in Square already... Enix anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah, sad. I wish. I think a lot of the the stuff that lingered after he like after one point would have been cleared up if he had an interview and talked about it. That's a hint, Tanaka. If you're watching, you're not. But I one can dream. Maybe he's here for that uh, Chocobo mount. <laughs> he's Don't just forget. tuning in just now. He's like, mm, yeah, I need to get that uh, mount. Uh, <laughs> I think he'd be hugely offended by the concept of the black Chocobo mount. True. The black, the fat black Chocobo mount. He would be offended by a lot in this game. <laughs> he would hate most of it, actually. Um, okay. That is the um, the story. Uh, story. That's the uh, article. Um, the interview with Yoshi P by PC Games N. Um, now, let's uh, read some Mog Mail. Mog Mail is mail sent in by, I almost said Mogs, by you <laughs> uh, at speakersxiv.com <laughs> slash Mog Mail. Uh, let's, uh, we, we unfortunately only have like one visual loaded because um, I rendered the wrong Mog Mail. You've rendered old ones? 
I rendered old ones. So okay, it was great. It was a great time. Uh, let's uh, jump into the uh, the first uh, qu- uh, qu- hmm, mog mail. Here we go. This is from Alison De Laurentiis from Malbro. Uh, oh, it's floating. Goodbye. I cannot figure out why Fandaniel oh. is gathering the primals. Oh, the only me. reason I can think of is that either Xenos will absorb them somehow or, the, uh, t- uh, or to power something, like the Ultima weapon. I know it sounds crazy uh, because we just fought the weapons, but we did also just fight the primals in the Eden quest line. Fandaniel did ask Xenos if he was ready to control the you-know-what. What do you guys think? Um, I don't think there is any deeper meaning behind the summoning of the primals other than to use them as tools. Hmm. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I don't know. It's... Yeah, it's just... It's just... Uh, there's this... Yeah, there's this dreamer thing that they talk mm. about. Um, which I think... is likely anima. Yeah, it's likely Anima. I think that is more so related to just the captured beast tribemen. Like, just yeah. having their worship, worshipping is useful. Mm-hmm. The, the ability to summon the primals is a bonus, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think so too, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think it's as simple as that, really. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's it. That's the answer. Uh, thank you, um, Allison. Uh, we'll just move uh, right along. Uh, there's no visual for this, I'm afraid. So uh, let's just um, jump into this. From Rosa Frandilla from Diablos. After watching theories on getting to the moon, I was thinking about Omega and thought of another one, which also has bases on the trail in the trailer. With all the dragons and knowing that Midgard's armor came from the Dragon Star, could it be we have a dragon take us to the moon? We know that they can travel through space, so could it be a dragon? What are your thoughts on this? As always, let's enjoy uh, your content, Rosa Frandilla. Thank you. Uh, we t- we meant we touched on this when we ha- talked about um, Silver Tear a couple a few episodes ago. Um, it, it's possible, but I think we. M- what? Yeah, how do we breathe? There's the thing in the logo. Yeah, there's this thing in the logo that looks like a ship or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I find it hard to... Maybe that's the big enemy ship, and then we chase them on Mini maybe, after he wakes up. But mm. Maybe the Enterprise reaches its 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 fated destiny. It finally becomes a spaceship. <laughs> no, yeah. It's turned into the actual Enterprise. Captain from Star Trek. <laughs> that's or better where... yet... Yeah. It... <laughs> It turns into the real life enterprise. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, just the warship. <laughs> this is like canon now. It's like this yeah. is where <laughs> this is where the mm-hmm. enterprise actually came from. Um, US Navy fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I also said that. I love that you said real life enterprise as if it's like <laughs> it is real. What? Didn't you say real life? Isn't that what they're quoting in chat? You said the battleship. Oh, the battleship. Oh, the battleship enterprise. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's. Uh, that's it. Uh, I think. I think dragon is likely, but I. I think it's more likely that we're going in whatever spaceship is in the logo. I don't know how we breathe. 
if we're on the dragon. Yeah, we tap the, the breathing thing doesn't. Gifts. It's nothing anymore. We breathe underwater. Blessing. They have some sort yeah. of fucked up dragon blessing that lets yeah, us but breathe But only in three space. of us can. They'll find a way. Lore we'll is written all. by the writers, <laughs> so they can just invent <laughs> something. Um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, next is from Noel Kett from Fairy. I'm a bit new to the game. Despite my 1,400 hours logged, uh, more so what I mean is that I just started in the last year or so. <laughs> Hold on. Um, How many? I'm new to the game, 1,400 hours logged. Uh, 1,400 hours to, to, to days, uh, 58 days. That's how much of your year you've used to playing 14. Okay. Started the last year or so. Yeah. I I hope a lot of that is AFK time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meaning I am not as knowledgeable about how and when things like raid content are added to the game. I think that they are added in the patches, like 5.1 and onward. This leads into the actual point. If 6.1 starts a brand new story, would the raids still be added then? If the story no longer has much to do with the Hydland and Sodiar conflict, would we still be getting content that is seemingly connected to La Habrea, a player on Sodiar's team? Yoshi P said the story would wrap up in 6.0. Would that include raids? I mean, it probably won't. Just some th thoughts I have been thinking lately. Uh, that will be bizarre. It will it'll be it'll... weird, but I think it's more about um, La Habrea's backstory and, and mm. less about like the Zodiac aspect of it. Um, so I think it'll be just fine. I mean, we can't ignore... I mean, just because the storyline is concluded doesn't mean it didn't happen. So, yeah. you know, we can still talk about it. It's not it's not going to be like this taboo thing to talk about Zodiac after the story is done. Yeah, and there's still many mysteries relating to the ancient times. Yes, yeah. The 12, of course. Oh, mm. they get... Oh. They get an entire raid. Don't forget that. We're going to talk a lot about that, for sure. <laughs> well, that is, I am so excited for that. Um. Yeah, I think I think it'll be fine. I think because I don't think the focus is going to be on Sodiark. I mean, it's it's about La Habrea, uh, the the one Asian that seems to have like one of the most intri like interesting backstories that died so soon <laughs> in Before the story. Before they realize the 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 narrative strength that they could pull from them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Retroactive writing, you know, they'll 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 fix them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can fix them. Um, I mean, Yoshi P did tease one t one time. I think it was a fan fest or in some sort of Q and A that we will likely find out what La Habrea's name is at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a guess what Greek name they're gonna go for. Uh, Mars. No, Mars is Roman. Sorry. Yeah, that's Roman. Mars is God Roman. Greek. Uh, what the oh, fuck? Uh, Aries. Pythagoras. Uh, Apollo. <laughs> There's so many. There's Eras. <laughs> Hermes. Hermes. I would expect more so for um. Uh, Elidibus. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Artemis. There you go. That's a cool name. Um, okay, uh, we can't sit here and, and just br uh, bring up uh, random Greek names. Um, so, uh, thank you, um, Noel Kett. Um, I think we'll be fine. I think it'll. It's just. It's just going to be about La Habrea, not so much Zodiac. 
I mean, Zodiac's going to be part of it because I mean, it was his whole ASEAN life was dedicated to that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, all right. Uh, so, ooh, this one is this worth reading? Uh, it's very long, um, and I don't we know. Have time. Got time. Okay. This is from uh, Trisha Saltieri from Zalera. Hey, speakers, I'm going to put my best Ishikawa cap on and try to see if I can give Xenos a redeeming story arc. Okay. Hit us. Okay. Hear me out. Here we go. <clears throat> All right. Xenos started training as soon as he could carry a sword without falling over. His training was extensive even as a child, but into his teenage years and young adulthood, his training became intense and cruel. Forced to train in extreme weather conditions or with sleep deprivation and even experimented on using various chemical compounds and Garlean technologies. Okay. Xenos knew no love and no kindness. His sole purpose was to, to prove himself a worthy successor to Garlemald. The one respite afforded to him was a trainer who showed kindness towards Xenos during their training. They were skilled and precise, but fed him when his hands were too swollen and broken to eat with, and picked him up when he fell during their training. Am I reading a fan fiction? Uh, Varysos Galvis, upon hearing this, absconded Xenos for his weakness and enraged, and enraged, Xenos challenged his mentor to a duel, killing him in the process, and thus solidifying his hatred uh, for all and himself. After having fought the Warrior of Light, however, he saw in us the skill and power, but most of all the kindness of his former mentor. The reason he seeks to fight the Warrior of Light so much is to repent for what he did and to finally lose us to forgive to lose us to forgive himself. Any thoughts from you guys about what could make Xenos more of an interesting character? Do you think he can be forgiven or even be a sympathetic character? I think all evil characters need a good, good emotionally sympathetic backstory. They did pretty good with Yot, uh, Yotsu and Asahi. Asahi. I like, uh, I like your idea a lot, actually. I think that, that well, would be pretty engaging um, to go off of that. Because Xenos has a backstory. He does. I and he, have... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's not this. I have not read it. Yeah. So you have read it. I know. Well, that, that's the one from... Um, where's it from? The side story. Is it... Is it's it, from the Chronicles of Light. It was It was an additional Chronicles of Light story that was right. never Right. I think someone, dis someone either discussed it in spoilers on our Discord or... So I have a, like a vague. He did, so he did. He did kill his. Mentor. Yeah, he killed his mentor. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's from that collection. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I still kind of want to buy this book. Mm -hmm. I. <sighs> this is like the the. <clears throat> The the problem I often have with this is that because someone had a bad past does not excuse what they've done. You know, what they've done. Like, mm -hmm. what? think about what Xenos has done. Mm -hmm. Well, that, I, I think that's fine, though. I mean, yeah. no one's trying to excuse him. And you, no one has to like him either. But I think understanding how he thinks would... I think help a, a lot of the player base actually get what what's going on with them. Because mm. mm -hmm. at the moment now he's just wow the hunt. That like what is the, for most people that's not very interesting. No, it but is if not. he was given explanation for it, it might make a little bit more sense at least. I that's true. 
I would like to know more about why he's like this, but I don't like when, because you know what this game, and it loves mm -hmm. its like redemption arcs, and the redemption arcs are often like, <laughs> oh, he did bad things, but also good things, so now he's good, <laughs> and that's like, mm, I don't know, I don't know about that one, Chief. Just like Naruto. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, um, I, I would be very surprised if there's any point in the story where I will go, oh no, Xenos. Uh, I don't think that's ever going to happen. What if you do? What if one day you're streaming the new expansion and you're like, oh no, Xenos. Yeah. I, I might be loving. That would be strange. And I think what Winwolves is saying is like, yeah, not every bad guy needs to be redeemed. Yeah. I think absolutely. that's I just mean, a thing. I don't think you're. Yotsu, I don't think Yotsuyu was redeemed, but she got a good they enough did explanation her good, and a, satis yeah. a satisfying yeah. ending. Because she, like, yeah. she realized that like she had done too many horrible things in her heart in her life that mm -hmm. even she didn't really deserve to be redeemed. Yeah, Yotsuyu. Remember when bef the patch before I was very worried mm -hmm. about what was going to happen. <laughs> she uh, was she was going to become a girl boss. We yeah, were so excited. It, the, the, the redemption arc had started, and I'm like, uh-oh, I don't like where this is going. Um, and they did it w well, uh, and I had no problem with how she was, you know, how her story ended. I thought it was satisfying, um, and it was yeah, I, it felt right. I, I liked the... when she stabbed her parents. Mm. Pretty mm. epic. I like pretty cool. <laughs> I liked when she says "wham." I think that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wham. Um, okay. Yeah. I uh, hope that um, I just want to know how he thinks. I'm. I, it's going to be jarring when they do like cutscenes with him where he's like, "Hmm, maybe I am a conflicted being." Kind of like how they did with Lilibus and like the in uh, five point three. Where it's like, okay, mm -hmm. all of a sudden now he's being like yeah. wishy-washy and like, uh, yeah. <laughs> when the entire See, time he's not yeah. been like that. See, that's how, that's why I have faith. Because Ishikawa was able to turn around a character that I, even through 5.2, which she didn't write, she only oversaw, I did not really care for. And they made yeah, Elizabeth incredibly sympathetic. Yeah. yeah, and they made him incredibly sympathetic in 5.3. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Still a bad guy. Can't can't forgive him. No. For any of the stuff. He, I mean, I guess he I mean, technically was a child. And his existence was kind of like suffering in itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was more like a mercy kill in the end, and yeah. I, that's why uh, Emmett Selk gave us the information to bring him to his end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think also, uh, uh, just as the last person to mention, is Fordola, who has a very interesting arc, I feel. It's like they didn't go like the full redemption arc on her. She's getting it like... Yes. She's like, you know, she's around, but she's still Fordola. People still fucking hate her. Yeah. And, which is good, because they should. Mm -hmm. I think any amount of forgiveness she's going to get is would take a very long long time yeah yeah um yeah and even then i i'd imagine most wouldn't but um yeah. i i think they are doing a very good job with her and i'm hoping bench in uh in walker that they really I, build on that yeah same mm, i'm 
I can understand for Dola a lot more, especially since she, what she was doing, she thought she, she was doing what would be good for Alamego. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very misguided, but it's, like, it's, it's not like, yeah, it's not like Yotsu. Who no, actively knew she was. She, she knew she was, she was a traitor. Destroying them. like she was. Yeah, yeah. 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 But Yotsi was like, like she was just literally tortured by life. Right. So she, at the end, she's like, "Well, fuck it. What does it matter?" It's <laughs> like it, it makes sense for her to be like that. Yeah, it's an interesting like character plot. It's like she she's that you know you, when a when a nation is occupied, there's always those people that side with the occupiers, and that's mm-hmm. her. That's that's and that's very we rarely meet characters that are on that side that then like don't know what to do afterwards like uh oh occupation yeah. over what Especially do I do now? For Dola, that's all she knew. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I like I really like Fordola's story arc. Um, and I hope they, I know they're gonna do it's her just, good. I wish it was more satisfingly concluded in Stormblood. That's true. But I, I like I that they've that. continued to work on it since then. They didn't give up. They didn't just put... They, remember when they ad- did the side story thing? And we thought, okay, well, that's Fordola then. Goodbye, Fordola. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they brought her back. Mm-hmm. So that's good. She's too important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I think we can fit one more. Good. We're doing a lot of Mogmail today. Uh, yeah. Fenetry Level U from Mateus. 5.55 spoilers ahead. That's fine. Mm. We're, we're, who this should is. be caught up. <laughs> mm. I may be a tad biased considering the name. Oh, we've all answered it already. Uh, yeah, but let's 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 address it. Let's just address because it again. we started it. Yeah, but you do think. Uh, but do you think that perhaps Fortune Oats disowning of the twins is some uh, sort of way to protect them from something or push them away from it? I've seen several theories that it's an attempt to protect them, either from punishment from Charlian uh, laws or to allow them to do something that maybe pol- uh, may politically have to oppose that he may politically have to oppose to save face in the forum. Thoughts other than "haha, bad man." <laughs> it just seemed so sudden and over nothing, especially after exchanging pleasantries about their mother. I also feel like his wife is probably not the type to sit idly by, and boy, I hope we get to meet her. Interesting. I, I, yes. I don't agree with the last part. I, 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 I think that she might try and help the twins get into Charlian, mm-hmm. but I also think that um, she is Charlian. Based on what, yeah, she is Charlian. Based on what we have seen of um, Fortunot's character, I think he's the kind of person that would look for a wife that is relatively like. Uh, oh. <laughs> What's submissive? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, uh, no. I don't know if I can get behind that. I don't know if he would do that. I think just he's. <laughs> I just think. I think she's more like Charlian, like just like him. Like she's like the law is the law. Mm-hmm. Like we are. This is, you know, this is how it is. Otherwise, she would have done something already, right? If she was not someone who's to sit idly by. We would have heard more mm-hmm. from her, I think. Um, or maybe, maybe. Yeah, go on. Daddy Levier is keeping her away too, for reasons, or her at bay as well, or blocking her Ray. from the twins. How? I don't. I, I don't know. What happens over there in Snail Land? Who knows? Is Snail is Land. He like, is he? Is he got? Has he got her like locked up? I, no, I'm sure there's some. Stop like, making this way. dark. Jesus, just because she's not there doesn't mean she's no, like... Not, not as like a sinister thing. As like a, oh, maybe like... 
take my wife's ability to freely travel between nations because I don't want her to, she's busy studying, so she should focus or I don't know, something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I yeah, haven't given much letters, thought to something. Mrs. Levyu, to she's be honest. gaslighting her. <laughs> So you're the one who brought that meme up, Rollo. You were the one I who did. went like, "Are you gaslighting me?" And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> what I do didn't you think mean? you guys were gonna run. <laughs> <laughs> just, it just never. I just, we can't let it go. Apparently. Um, so um, yeah, uh, we. I definitely I, think Fortunato yeah. is doing disowning. Just to recap yeah. what we said last time, I definitely think it's a move on his part to protect them from something. Mm -hmm. I mean. Also, I can definitely understand that it's something he's doing to, to protect people because if you've done the astrologian quest line, there are people within the forum that will seek people out and like make them disappear should yeah. they be doing things that are against the interests of Charlian. Yeah, yeah. I, I think at worst, Fortunate will turn out to be like misguided kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or like he's trying to do some kind of right thing his own way, but it's just not working out. Right. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Go on. I think the bigger twist would be if he does turn out to be haha -ha bad man. <laughs> that would. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Turns into a primal. Like, I've been collecting crystals. <laughs> I, am the, I, am the, I am the primal of the Esmort. <laughs> it's just a big just a, fucking... It's a big brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gets like a yeah, maybe that's how we'll fight Talia. Big brain snail. Talia. Uh, okay, well, that's uh, I feel like that's uh, where we can uh, wrap up for today. Uh, that's it for the main show, everyone. Thanks for watching. Remember to follow on Twitter at speakers.xiv exclamation discord in chat if you want to uh, join our discord server. If you're watching on demand, links in the description. Uh, twitch.tv slash speakers to find the newtoon.com slash speakers.xiv. Uh, send us mog mail, speakers.xiv.com slash Mogmail, uh, if you're watching live, the show will continue in the post-show where we'll be answering questions from the syndicate. Um, stay safe and eat your greens. We'll be back uh, in a bit if you're watching live. Eat your greens. Don't listen to him. He doesn't Do like... Eat veggie, but not bad Russell veggie. sprouts. Goodbye! Bye! You've just listened to an episode of Speakers of Eidolon, produced by Speakers Network. Producer for this episode was Lukeel Bravestone. Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy XIV is a registered trademark of Square Enix Holding Company Limited. If you would like to support the show, consider pledging to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash speakersxiv, or buy some merch at teespring.com slash stores slash speakersxiv. Link to both of these sites, as well as our Discord server, is provided in the episode description. Thank you for listening to this Speakers Network production.